John 1, 1 through 5, 9 through 14, and 16 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true life, which, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Merry Christmas, you guys. It is really good uh, to be together, to have all of us here in this room. Um, most people would even say that Christmas is about togetherness. You've probably heard that said before. Uh, it's about being together. I don't know if you've brushed up on your uh, Grinch sort of storylines lately, um, but the other day we were watching that great uh, Dr. Seuss film, and there's that great scene, right, where uh, he, the Grinch goes through Whoville, he steals all the trees, he steals all the gifts, he gets back up to his little perch, you know, up in the mountains, and he's waiting, you know, for what's going to happen when Christmas morning arrives, and he can hear, you know, all the people in Whoville coming out and singing. And Dr. Seuss has the great line about the Grinch, he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps means a little bit more. And the Grinch returns down to Whoville, right? And he concludes that Christmas is about togetherness, uh, which is such a deep human need. And it's a, it's a wonderful gift for us to have. But is that really what Christmas is all about? Is it merely great that we can think back to last year, right? Christmas 2020, where we weren't able to be together with many people that we normally are together with. And so we look at Christmas 2021, and we might be excited and celebrating that we're together, even in a room like this. It's a wonderful thing, but is that what we're celebrating? Well, as we zero in on the unbelievable words of John chapter 1 that Michael, in his wonderful British accent, just read for us. Thank you, Michael. Uh, I, I want us to understand and see that Christmas is actually about seeing something and receiving something. It's about seeing something and receiving something. Uh, we are told that when we gather in a room like this together on Christmas Eve, we are talking about something that the world has seen, something the world has seen. We were told that Jesus' birth means that we have seen glory, that we have seen glory. We, in the face of Jesus Christ, we see the glory of God. It's described here in this text as glory as of the only Son from the Father. That might sound uh, maybe almost too familiar to you. If you've been a Christian for a long period of time, you come to this season and something like this can even tempt you to want to yawn a little bit, 
Uh, but you won't yawn, I don't think, if you consider what verse 18 says again. Because what does verse 18 say? No one has ever seen God. No one has ever seen God. That's saying that before the birth of Christ, no one had seen God. You could walk around this earth and people go, I've never seen him. Don't know what he looks like. And then Jesus is born and people still walk around looking around, saying things even in Gresham, in Boring, Sandy, Damascus, wherever you, whatever streets you roam, right? And people might say, no one has ever seen God, but that is not the message of Christianity. That is not the message of Christianity. Because John continues in verse 18 and he says, no one has ever seen God. And then he ends it by saying, the only God, Jesus, right? Who is at the Father's side, the one who suffered, the one who died, the one who took up his life from death and walked out of a tomb three days later, the one who appeared to 500 people plus, the one who people saw ascend to heaven to the Father's right side, that one, he has made him known. John is wanting you to know, what does God look like? Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. I mean, just think about how clarifying this is. I mean, just imagine for a moment, there was a rumor going around Gresham that there was a man who lived here named Barry Arnold, okay? If you don't know Barry, uh, Barry was the person who started our service, right? We love Barry and Vicky. I mean, if you really think about it, what a special night to be together. I mean, because God has used... Barry and Vicki to birth a church called Cornerstone, which is then birthed a church called Gresham Bible Church. And so in a way, God has used you guys to put us all in this room together. But let's just say, right, no one has ever known or seen Barry. We could walk around town and we could talk all we want about who we think Barry is. We can go, well, I heard Barry's five foot three and he plays the harp and he uh, reads books at night while he drinks chamomile tea and lets his feet soak in a tub. And some will go, no, 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 no. I've heard he's seven foot one and he has a private bowling alley in his house and he bowls all day long. And in the evening time, you know, he has a, a wife that rubs his feet or, you know, we can make up all this ridiculous stuff. And here's the thing, right? None of us would be wrong. We wouldn't be wrong. We just don't know if we're right, right? Because no one knows. No one's ever seen Barry But you guys, if Barry walks out of his house and he says, I'm Barry, now you've seen my glory, right? You and I don't get to decide who Barry is. And if that's true about Barry, what about God? Will you receive these words from John tonight? No one has ever seen God, but then Jesus was born. Christmas is about seeing And because Christmas is about seeing, it's also about receiving something too. I mean, this is where our jaws drop to the floor. Because John says that this Jesus is full of something. He's full of something. And from his fullness, we receive something. Not a sweater, right? Not not an end-of-the-year bonus. Not that Gabby's dollhouse or whatever, like my four-year-old wanted, and I couldn't track down this thing's like Turbo Man doll or something, right? I can't find this thing. Not a VR headset, right? Whatever you were hoping to unwrap tomorrow morning, you know, unless you enjoy ruining Christmas and you're opening your presents tonight or something. I don't, I don't understand you. I don't get you, okay? But from the fullness of who God is, we've received grace upon grace. Grace on top of grace. From God's overflowing abundance, we've received such extravagant grace that John has to say, 
grace on top of grace. So grace on top of grace, grace upon grace. If what we received from Jesus then were to be like a cake, it'd be a multi-layered cake and it would go with grace and then more grace and more grace and you'd frost it with grace and you would write the words on top of the cake with grace and then the words on top of the cake would say, behold your God, full of grace, right? So God has come out of his heavenly house and I'm just curious, is this what you expected to see? Is this what you expected that he was full of? When God showed up, is this what you expected that he would give to you? I think if most of us were honest, we would expect that when God finally showed up, we would receive punishment. We would receive justice. We would receive condemnation. And that is what we would naturally expect because we don't live up to God's truth. But Christmas is all about surprises, isn't it? And the greatest surprise being that when God shows up, we are met with sweet grace. Do you want to know what grace is? J.I. Packer says grace means God moving heaven and earth to save sinners who couldn't lift their finger to save themselves. They couldn't lift a a finger to save themselves. That's grace. I mean, my daughter made the comment the other day, and just hearing her 10-year-old voice articulate her thoughts about Jesus' birth just kind of struck me fresh. And she said, Dad, it's really surprising that the most important person ever to be born in the world was born in a barn. It's surprising that he's not born in a castle, but in a stable. And so we discussed about how surprising that really is, but then we also discussed how in a way it's not surprising. It's not surprising when you know what Jesus came to do. Because in verse 29, that was not read, John is there. And he sees Jesus walking towards him. And what does he say? He says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So if Jesus is the Lamb of God, then being born in a stable kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Do you see, and most importantly, I guess, do you believe that Jesus comes as light not to cast you into the darkness? No, we don't receive judgment from Jesus even though he's full of truth. Instead, Jesus fulfills all truth and he pays the debt of our lack of living up to the truth so that God, could invite you into the light tonight and to receive his grace. Grace on top of grace. In some ways, then, the Grinch is right. Christmas is about togetherness. But much more profoundly, it's about God being together with us. Christmas is about seeing something, and it is about receiving something. And what we behold tonight is God, and what we receive is God. His name is Emmanuel. He he is God with us. I mean, what grace. I want to invite you to to pray with me now, and then I'm going to come down to the Christ candle that Brian's lit for us, and I'm going to be met there with um, Skylar and Mike, Dahl, and Barry, and we're going to light our candles off the Christ candle. And just like every Christmas Eve service, we are going to go to the front rows and we are going to light up your candle and you're going to take your candle and you're going to pass it on to the next person and we are going to light up this room safely, right, with fire tonight, right? 
We're going to do that. But as we're doing that, I want you to use this beautiful image of light to think about how God, the true light, has come. And as you receive this light, remember that you've received grace from the overflow, from the abundance of who God is because Jesus endured the darkness for you. So let's pray together. Father, tonight we are surprised. We are in awe that you sent Jesus into the world, that we can now say that we've seen your glory. Lord, I know that I did not expect to receive grace from you. And I'm sure other people feel the same. And most days, even now, we still don't. So help us tonight, Lord, to savor the grace that you've showered on us in your son. Father, would you fill us with grace that we might embody your grace to others. And Lord, I pray for anyone here who hasn't known you and hasn't tasted and known your grace in their life in Christ. I pray that you would speak to them. I pray that you'd bring them to that freeing moment where they would surrender their life to you. Help us to treasure you, Lord, in this moment and throughout the rest of this evening and tomorrow and every day. For your glory's sake, among all nations we pray. Amen.
Thank you.